Okay, so um, the, the Nefesh HaChaim is driving at, trying to explain what it means that a person is Nivra B'Tselem Elohim, that we're in the image of Elohim. He is, so he starts kind of with like the word Elohim. Tselem, you know, image of, form of, similar to, that's the Tselem. And then what's Elohim? What's that? So he says that it's specific, and this is the beginning of Parak Beis, he explained that the name Elohim means that Hashem is the, um, is the one who has all of the Koach. What does that mean? And he, exp- and he goes on to say that when it comes to a human being, we have the ability to manipulate things, change things, uh, innovate with things, but we don't truly make things. We, we can, I can take a piece of wood and fashion it into something else. I could turn it into something else. And the, the, the big difference is that I can stop having anything to do with that thing, or a person can even stop existing, and the thing that they made lives on. Because it's not that their will is making it be, it's that I, they were able to manipulate it in a specific way. But, but that, that it is, that's kind of like the given. Why is that the given? What makes that the given? That's where Elohim comes in. That's where Hashem comes in. That Hashem's will is what makes things as they are. And would Hashem stop willing existence, it's over. So while we look at Hashem... It's almost like, would Hashem have to destroy the world, or would Hashem just have to stop wanting the world, and then it doesn't exist anymore? So the idea that like the world is choser letohu, that those kinds of things, it's not that there's a world, and that there, it's a given that there's a world, and that if Hashem wants, he you know he's got the ability you know to like just stomp the whole thing out. No, it's that Hashem wills it into being what it is, and. Would he just not have that desire anymore? Then it just wouldn't be. And it, it's a it's a real. Um, even though the, the, when we say it, we it, it kind of like we we feel like yeah okay this is kind of I don't know if it's uh, if it's if it's Jewish thought one hundred and one, but it's. It's not 401. It's, you know, it's, it's somewhere between the ones and the fours. It's, you know, it's not, this, it's not the simplest idea, but it's not from the most complex things that, that, that we... But it's not the way we think about things. We like to imagine, or uh, we like to imagine, or, or we, we operate our lives in, in a way in which we like... We just assume that the things that are will always continue to be. Well, that is how we've lived, what's happened in our lives. Right? Now. It's all of our experience. It's all of our experience. But, but, what, but what we fail to see is that, is that then when, when things happen or um, when something might, when, when some, when something might, might, uh, might change, so you know, we'll like look and say, like, wow, how did this happen? Like, wow, what was it that happened that, that really made, you know, 
Putin go off and like you know do what he's doing right now, right? Is is that really the right way to think? That and then we should just trace back, you know. I mean that's that's Martin's job, like you know, to trace back the last twenty years and figure out like what went wrong in the geopolitical, you know, thing to like, you know, lead us to this. We we do have to like live in our world in that way, but but what we really have to understand is that no, like Hashem said in this moment that this is how it's going to be, that, that the leader of that nation is going to act like this. Bam. That's the way it is today, even though it wasn't like that yesterday. Now, Hashem dresses all of this up in Teva. He dresses all of this up in nature and makes it all... If it would be so ridiculous that, like, you know, one day it's like, you know, hey, I, I could have sworn that, you know, he was... Six feet tall, and now he's four seven. You know, like it, like no, th- <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, the, uh, the 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 you know that, that's Hashem makes it very smooth in order to make sure that it's all hidden behind the scenes. But the reality is that it's hamachadish b'chol yom tuva masibereshis. That in every day and really every moment, Hashem is tamid. Hashem is constantly willing whatever is into being. Hashem is osay. Hashem is making, not made. Hashem is making the world in every moment. But but it is it is an amazing twist in the whole thing that built into the constant creation of, of things, there is a linear nature to the way things work. And and Hashem does have that all worked out. That, that it's not just that Hashem is willing things into, into, into being, but that everything seems to fit and make sense on the timeline, even though, if you, if you really break it down, the, the concept of time, even that's not a real thing. That's what Hashem made our world look like. But every moment is really an isolated, very much like the old, uh, you know, the old cartoons. Every, every moment is really just a page. It's just... He and, wills people to act a certain way, like he wills Putin to to do what he does. So then, if he wills us to do whatever we do, it's also like, where's our free choice? Where's, where's, okay. So, so the you know the free choice of it, you know, and we'll get to that. Well, I you know I think he'll touch on that. He'll talk about that, like where where that comes in. Um, you know, certainly with world leaders, there's a different level of non not almost non bahira that they have um like paro and like leave mulah and biad hashem like the pasuk says Mishle, that the heart of kings is in the hands of hashem that kind of like the, you you become much more of a, a primary puppet of hashem if you are someone who is and and we'll we'll see actually something about that we'll we'll t- touch on that here yeah someone asked me a question I thought I had an answer based on this. How did Hashem rest on Shabbos? What does that mean? Because, you know, he if he constantly sustains the world and existence, what does it mean that he rested on Shabbos? So I think that that in in the initial creation of 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 Yeshmayayan, of something from nothing those things didn't exist bef- before. So even though there, you know, in, if you really get real deep, you could say, well, there really is no before and after because it's always just a constant new creation, new creation, new creation, new creation. But in the way 
the, the grass, yes, Hashem is willing it into being at every moment. But it was willed into being initially then. So that type of making something brand new that didn't exist before, mm-hmm. that was a different phase of creation. Mm-hmm. So now, Hashem is willing right now, yesh into being. But everything that's here was here in the last second that he did that, in the last second he did that, in the last second he did that. So there are kind of like no new elements being introduced. That's what Shabbos is. Yeah. I would flippantly say it's not one of the 39 malachas, but actually that leads to the, the, the malachas are creative work. And so there's the, keeping something around is not necessarily creative work. Mm-hmm. You, okay. you could call it work, but it's not creative work. Mm-hmm. In that sense. Um, okay, so now, Hagah. So let's, let's, let's read a little bit over here. Okay. So now he's, he does like an addition here. Now the nuance of whatever's happening in every moment is not something that we can see. The four higher foundational ingredients that are the early, or, you know, the, the initial roots. And the father of it all like it says in the Zohar, which is the root of Maiseberatius and the, in, the internal mechanism of it. And it's the four letters of Hashem's name, and their um, <coughs> intermingling, their, the meshing of them together, and the, the, the putting them together and, uh, and, and Mixing them in every moment. Basically, um, there are building blocks of existence that are not anything that we can ever experience or know. And it's it's pretty amazing because on, on the one hand, it's hard for us to think about things that way. Like, really? So there's stuff that just, like, we just can't know about it? Like... But, you know, for most of human, we know so much about the building blocks of this table and this chair and, uh, you know, all the, everything that, that runs inside of our bodies. But we haven't known that for so Like, if you look at the, in the scope of human history of 5,000 years, how many of those years did anybody know any of this stuff? Nobody knew what an atom was. Nobody knew what a cell was. For, for thousands of years, it was just... And to us, it's like, well, they didn't know about those building blocks. So while, you know, obviously this, this is taking it on a much higher, deeper, more profound level, but it's not something that is really a foreign idea to us that there could be um, basic components of things that we are unaware of or that mankind is unaware of, and they're really what's making everything happen. That's, that's really what most of our, you know, go back a couple of generations before you, that's what life was like. It was like, I'm sick. Why? I don't know. <laughs> what do I do to make it better? I don't know. You know, eat this, drink that. I don't know, like, you know, just you know, shoot darts, like, whatever. Like, you know, no, nobody knew. And, and uh, so, 
So Vinyan Hismas Gusam Kolrega Haim Hatov Tov Reish Pait Sirufe Hashem Barachu. So it's the one thousand and eighty uh ways to, to, to put those letters together. Alpi Hishtanas Nukudo Sehim, Tov Tov Reish Rigesha, according to switching around their their Nukudos. 1080 is also the amount, according to the Rashis Chachma, which is a, 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 a work of Kabbalah, it is, that is how many breaths a person takes per hour. Don't know if that's true. I was going to say it's Chalakim. I think, I think it's also Chalakim, right. Right. It's also Chalakim, right. This, this number is like, a, it's a number. And that's the, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's the special number over here. Just do the calculation. Oh, okay. Then you can Google. How many breaths <laughs> no, no, does a person no, no, no. take an hour? No, it should be right? about 16 it's, per minute. It's three and a third seconds. 16 times. One chalak is three and a third. Times. Seconds. Six, seven, yeah. It's more breaths. More than that? It'd be about 3,600 now. Yeah. 3,600? No, it's just times six. Maybe you're working too hard. Uh, yeah, it says 1,080 Nishimos Kulshah. Um, and again, I don't know what that means. What? They were healthier. <laughs> um, okay, so, and, so again, so he's just saying that, like, the whole world is put together in a way with HaKadosh Baruch Hu operating all of these things behind the scenes. Then he makes another point. Hagah Beis. The name Elohim slash Elohim is a name that is used not just for Hashem. It's like a weird thing that we say, Selam Elohim, and like Elohim, you're like, ooh, it's like Elohim, right? But that name is, that, that's not a, a super-duper exclusive name. V'cholsari mala umata nikram Elohim, k'moshikaz of Elohei ho'amim, when it says the gods of the nations, so the, the, Elo, the Elohei over there um, is not referring to Hashem, it's referring to their malachim and the, the angels and the, the, the forces that work on their behalf. Every nation, the, a, a person goes according in the name of their God. That the, the, the sar, the angel that, you know, oversees a person. Um, everybody's got their angel that's, uh, that, that, that's operating them or on their behalf up above. And that's just, okay, so that's like Malachim stuff, which, you know, we don't really get. But judges are called Elohim. Um, and in part of the Zohar, um, uh, and it's it's just one of the one of the names. So why is this name a shared name? Because the idea is that they don't have their own koach. These are beings that have more power than others. That that I mean, if you just want to say, it, what are they? They're beings that have more, or at least to, to our to the way we see them, they have more power than others. But it's not because they have power, it's because Hashem gives them power. Um, Hashem is the God of those gods, or the power above those powers. 
that Hashem is greater than all the other gods. It's not because, like, you know, oh, you know, those gods are 6-8 and Hashem 7-2. It's not that. It's that He is the power that infuses them with power. That all the gods bow to Him. And even the non-Jews call Hashem the God of gods. And, and, and that's why also Nikroim Elohim Achirim that when it says in the in the Aseris um, Dibros that don't worship other gods. So it refers to Avodazara as Elohim Achirim. What does that mean? It means Ratzalomar Shein Hakoach Shalohem Atzma. It's interesting. It's a fascinating thing. We tend to think of Avodazara as being just like this this absolutely absurd behavior of. Some guy randomly took a tree and decided to bow down to it and got all of his friends to participate. Or they chose a star or a constellation. It's not as bizarre as all that. We don't understand it because Chazal, many years ago, took away the urge for us to worship idols. And therefore, it just to us, it just appears to be some sort of absurdity. But and the, the way the whole concept of Avodah Zarah shook out was that the constellations really do have an effect on the world. People were able to read them and recognize that, like, whoa, Hashem put power into those constellations. Those constellations, let's say, affect the weather and how the crops are going to grow and what's going to happen when babies are born this year. Are they going to be healthy? Not he- All of those things people were able to see in the way the, the, the stars were moving. And it was just like this amazing watching the whole um, almost like trickle down of power from Hashem into the rest of the Bria was this amazing thing. But then what happened was is Hashem is such a um, a distant almost it, it, it's it's a distant concept that a person just will never see it, will never feel it, will never never really be able to experience the infinity of Hashem and all those things. So it just, people just latched onto what they could actually see, which were the stars and other natural forces that are forces. And Hashem kind of just kept fading back into the background. And then it was just like, okay, I got to get with this constellation because that seems to be what, um, you know, what, what, what has power. There are beings that represent these powers, malachim, and again, to us it's just like, yeah, whatever, but if, if you were really in tune with that, so then that became a thing to like worship that. So the, the mistake was, not that these were powerless things, it's not, you know, you know some, some statue of Buddha and bowing down to it and everybody laughing at the person who's doing that, it's not that. It's that they were worshiping power, but without recognizing that, like, no, 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 but that power is plugged into something. So, you're, you're, you're it's, the, it's the wrong thing. It's not their own power. It's coming from up above. And then that power is getting something from a power above it. Until finally, you trace it all back to Hashem. And that's why it says, Hashem Elohim MS. That the truth, there is one truth. 
the true power is Hashem. So Hashem is Elohim Emes. Hashem is the true power. Shekula mekablim kocham mimenu yisbarach shemo. They all get their koach from him. Zeshekasav vayiplu apaneim vayamru Hashem hu Elohim. And this is what it means when they said, and they fell on their faces and they said, Hashem hu Elohim. Right, that, so, so the moment that he's referring to over there is, uh, it's, a, it's a moment when um, Elio and the, the Nevi'e Habal, right, have their big, um, you know, public showdown. So, you know, they both go onto this, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, so Elio says, okay, you got your, um, uh, you know, your Mizbeach, I have mine, you got your animals, I got mine, let's go, bring a fire down. And now they're chanting and this and that, uh, like, now, they obviously, they, they were not super stupid people, right? Like, the, the, way, the way we tend to, like, learn these stories is, like, those were a bunch of, you know, morons, and they thought that they were going to, like, yell at the sky and bring fire down. Now, why'd they think that? W- weren't they ever alive in this world, and didn't they know that that wouldn't happen? No, apparently, apparently, they thought something would happen because they were connected to a power of sorts. But not realizing that, but Hashem could just pull the plug on that power, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. So they're going and chanting, right? And then Elio goes, and he takes his mizbech, and he douses it with water, and he's, right? And then, whammo, Hashem, can I have fire? And then comes, burns everything up, burns up the water, burns up the mizbech, burns up the, the carbon. And then everybody bows down, and they fell on their faces, and they said, Hashem hu Elohim. Because there are moments in history where it became so clear that the only power and the power behind all the other powers is that of Hashem. And it's not that, and this is also like another mistake I think you know, we, we, we just internally make, is it that Hashem can overpower other powers? No, it's not really that. It's that Hashem is the one who grants them their power. So all of it is is Hashem, and therefore it's not that Hashem is just stronger than the other one. It's that, no, Hashem is the power. So if he says that it should happen, it should happen. If he says that it shouldn't have its power, it doesn't have its power. And Hashem is the one who is really pulling the, you know, plugging things in, unplugging things, you know, uh, adjusting how much power different things should have, and that's all, again, emanating from a place that is invisible, and, 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 and we can't see those building blocks, but they're all there. Okay, so let's, let's jump into Paragimala Drop. Wait, so if you compare the Elohim of Avodazar and of what we see as Elohim, mm-hmm. it's not the koach, it's not the source of the koach, it's some emanation or something that Hashem, Yudke Vavke, you know, ignites or whatever. So what's what's the difference? Between, what do you mean? Between our Elohim and their Elohim. Because we, we're calling that koach the same thing. So, so what, what we would say is, while there is power there, we wouldn't recognize it. Um, you know, 
look, I could push down on the table with my thumb. So is my thumb Elohim? Elohim? I mean, it, it has power. So, you know, none of us are foolish enough to think that my thumb is anything, you know, is really powerful. Because, now, what do we all think? Because my thumb is really controlled by my brain. You know, and, right. and my brain is controlled, blah, 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 right? and this is connected to this, and this is connected to that. And the, the, the use of the term Elo, Elo, Elohim, I think, is, is reserved for things that are truly some, like, some kind of an elevated power, that, but is a power that is God-given. Right. So therefore, will, the Torah will use the word Elohim to refer to them, but, not, but, but only because our perception has them as being powerful. So a judge is, even Jewish judge, right? Forget about all the Avodah stuff. A Jewish judge has a lot of power, because, not because he can be a... Uh, you know, he, he, he could decide, you know, you could live and you could die and you can, you know, and you pay him. But because Hashem has infused him with the ability to make a psak, and then that psak becomes a binding reality that now, once the judge has decided that A owes B money, now A owes B owes, that becomes a reality in this world. So there is a power by the power invested in me, right? That 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 term, right? Even though, you know, that that term kind of has is a real thing. That like a judge really has that power because whatever the judge decides, even if he makes a mistake, in a sense, but that becomes like the halachic reality that we have to deal with in this world. So it is a godlike feature that that now. What gives him that right? Well, Hashem said that he should have that power and that ability to make that, that psak halacha. So if Beisdin goes and decides one day that they're going to make Rosh Chodesh this time instead of this time, and then, you know, so when is Pesach going to be? When is Rosh Hashanah going to be? When is Sukkot going to be? It's all up to the judges and the Sanhedrin and when they decide to say that it's Rosh Chodesh. So there really is power that is invested in us and it's not it's not pretend it's a real it's a real power but it all comes from above and like you know so just getting back to the to the to the you know Putin thing so leaders right there is a man with a lot of power (laughs) like it's scary I mean we should all be just very thankful that we have a large ocean that separates us from the continent you know that you know that that he is dealing with, because who knows what's going to happen? Like even tonight, what's going to happen with the nuclear reactor over there and everything? Like there, the, the, there is one person who is wielding a lot of power. Where is that coming from? And it's not something that that makes us comfortable to think about necessarily, because we like to think about it as there's an evil man and there's uh you know and it's only because he's pushing everybody around and then like. And like Take a step back, right? There is a power that has given him all this power and that has somehow, you know, enfeebled many other powers. And now our world is dealing with that. And for us to limit it to he's a bad guy and he's a good guy, that is, we, we, that, that, that's cutting 
the true Elohim out of the whole picture, and we're giving all the power to these people. And the, 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 the real perspective has to be that, no, 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 everything is emanating from above. Everything, all, he's, he's just a puppet in, in Hashem's hands. He's just plugged into Hashem. And Hashem has decided to give the surge of power to him and seem to suck the power away from other people. Why he's doing that, what the exact message is, not sure, but it's, it's not random. It's not random, and, it, and, and it's not them. They are just the pieces that, that are being moved on the chessboard over here. Um, and, and it's all coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, and that is like, that's this perspective of, you know, so whenever we refer to Hashem as Elokeinu, Elokim, all of those terms, that's what we're saying. We're saying that there is nothing that happens here. There is nothing that is going on in this world that is not being directly put into, you know, in, in, in the, that infusion of power is coming from somewhere else. And, and that's, that, that, that's really the perspective we have to have. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of with that that, that, that we'll, okay, so ne- next week we'll go to Paragimel and we'll see. So if that's what Hashem is, and then we're B'Tselem Elohim, so then that means that we also have a certain power that, that, that we're able to employ and utilize in this world, which is um, a tremendous responsibility, I guess is the way to say it. Okay. Great responsibility. Our tefillahs then are, are like really about the Yishev changes his rutzah instead of giving all this power to this evil person we want him to redirect that in some other way to remove that power. What's really we're, we're asking Hashem to give 